Hello, friends. I'm Pastor Pitts Evans. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. Let's get right to the Word of God. We now come to another Messianic Psalm in the form of Psalm 8. Now, once again, according to the internal attribution, this is a Psalm of David. Uh, It's a Psalm of high praise for the Lord, and it was compiled approximately 1000 B.C., Essentially, it's praise for God as our Creator, and portions of this psalm were prophetically speaking about Jesus, as we're informed in several places in the New Testament. So, as we um, uh, approach this psalm, be thinking about Jesus, be thinking about Jesus as our Creator, uh, be thinking about it prophetically, speaking about Him, and um, consider the fact that David received this under the anointing of the Holy Spirit some thousand years before Jesus was born, even though the New Testament applies this set of Scripture to him. So let's read now Psalm 8. For the director of music, according to Giddeth, a psalm of David, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Through the praises of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? You have made them a little lower than the angels, and crowned them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds and the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, all that swim in the paths of the sea. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And so a wonderful psalm of praise. It has um, a lot of significance to us as human beings, and it has a lot of prophetic significance, as I alluded to, concerning Jesus and who Jesus was prophesied to be and, in fact, was. So first, the initial internal inscription says, for the director of music. And so this is an intended um, uh, musical psalm. And it says, according to Giddeth. This word giddeth apparently refers to a stringed instrument at the time of David. So uh, this is a a Davidic psalm. Internally, it says a psalm of David. So perhaps David played this on his harp. We don't know. But uh, a giddeth was a a Hebrew word for a stringed instrument. And so we start out with a magnificent uh, refrain about Yahweh's name. And this refrain actually bookends the entire psalm. It opens with this refrain, and it closes with this refrain. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. So these two words for Lord, the first one is Yahweh, and then our Lord, our Adonai. Yahweh, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And so this high praise is talking about the name of the Lord, Yahweh how majestic his name is. Hallowed be thy name, as Jesus taught us. And you have set your glory in the heavens, the psalmist says in verse 1. And so the the scriptures tell us in another place, night after night, the heavens declare the glory of God. 
And then in verse 2, Jesus might have had this in, in mind at a certain time. When Jesus came into Jerusalem in what we know now as the triumphal entry, the children were saying praise to the son of David, talking about Jesus and Hosanna in the highest. And the religious leaders were offended with this. And so um, uh, the religious leadership says, don't you want to correct them? And Jesus says, no, this has been prophesied that it would happen, that children would praise me. And um, uh, in fact, these children would establish a response to the enemies of God. And so Jesus applied this both to himself and to the enemies of God being the religious leadership of his day. But Psalm 8 verse 2 says, Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. And Jesus applied this to himself in Matthew twenty-one sixteen. Do you hear what these children are saying? The Pharisees asked him, talking about calling Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, and so forth. Yes, he replied, have you never read from the lips of children and infants, Lord, you have called forth your praise. And so Jesus applied this uh, Psalm 8 verse to that situation. And by extension, the enemies uh, that are mentioned in Psalm 8 were the religious leaders that opposed Jesus being proclaimed the Messiah, who indeed he was. The psalmist goes on to continue with a reflection on the finite nature of man contrasted with the infinite nature of God. In verse 3, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you're mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. And so there's a lot packed into that, but I often consider the finite nature of man concerning certain things that are not infinite, but they last much longer than we do. For example, when I'm in the mountains, I consider how timeless the mountains seem, how they endure for age after age after age, and yet we're gone so quickly that in our lifespans, the mountains are barely affected by weather conditions and um, the rains and erosion and these kind of things. We, on the other hand, uh, we, we blossom, we bloom, we grow, we age, and we deteriorate, and we die. And so the, the works of God's hands are worth considering, and the psalmist here considers the works of God's hands in the, in the heavens, the moon and the stars which he set in place. And he asked the question, what is mankind that you should even be thinking about them? What does mankind mean to you, God? Why do you care for us? And he says, you have made them a little lower than the angels. And so in this season of our created um, lives, we are created beings, of course, we've been made a little lower than the angels. We were created a little lower than the angels, which now are able to enter into the presence of God, and they are uh, currently living a much higher existence than we are. And yet mankind, according to the psalmist, has been crowned with glory and honor. And because of God's grace on each of our lives, we are indeed clothed with glory and honor. Verse 6, the psalmist says, You've made them the rulers of the work of your hands. You put everything under their feet, all flocks and the animals of the wild, the birds of the sky, and the fish in the sea, and all that swim in the paths of the seas. Now, of course, this was in the creation narrative in Genesis. 
the Lord made all of the animal kingdom, the herds and the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, subject to mankind. So he made um, man rulers over the created order, talking about the, uh, the animal kingdom and so forth. So it alludes to that. And you put everything under their feet. This expression um, is referred to in numerous places in the New Testament, not only talking about us, mankind, but talking about Jesus. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 6, we read, There's a place where someone has testified, What is mankind that you're mindful of them? And of course, this is a direct quote from Psalm 8, uh, verse 4. A son of man that you care for him. You made them a little lower than the angels, still reading from Hebrews. You crowned them with glory and honor, and you put everything under their feet. In putting everything under them, God left nothing that is not subject to them. Yet at present, we do not see everything subject to them. But we do see Jesus, who was made lower than the angels for a little while. So he attributes this scripture directly, the writer of Hebrews attributes the scripture directly, not only to our future destiny, but the incarnation of Christ in the days of his flesh. So as we see, Jesus was made a little lower than the angels for a little while. In other words, he became human for a little while, but now he's crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. And so, um, interestingly, Corinthians also um, applies this, 1 Corinthians 15, 24 to 28, both applies this passage from the Psalms to us and to Jesus. And so this Psalm mentions something very interesting in verse 8. It says, all that swim the paths of the sea. Now, at the time of this writing, there was no knowledge of currents and sea lanes and places where um, the oceans of the world went from one side of the earth to the other consistently in a given direction. But these paths of the sea, this passage in Scripture, gave rise to ancient um, first Jewish mariners and then Christian mariners to look for these paths in the sea, these places where the uh, the sea lanes were later established. And uh, they're alluded to in the Scriptures because, of course, the Creator God, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, told David, there are paths in the seas. And so um, men later noted this passage and identified certain paths within the sea. And then finally, the psalm closes with the same refrain that it opened with, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And so truly, this is the way it is, God. Your name, Yahweh, is majestic in all the earth. And Lord, you have indeed created us a little lower than the angels in the days of our flesh. Jesus was the prototype of that coming and living in the days of his flesh, a little lower than the angels. But Lord, he rose from the dead on the third day, and he's seated at your right hand. And everything in the created order has been put under his feet and will be put under his feet. The psalmist says, you put everything under man's feet. Well, Lord, you did already and not yet. Already the created order is under our feet, so to speak. But everything that exists is to be put under the feet of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And by extension, his destiny is our destiny. He's the inheritor of all things, and he made us participants in his victory in the cross, his victory over sin and death in the grave. Lord, give us an awareness of what you've done through Jesus for each of us. 
as we consider you in your majestic name, may we always consider your son, Jesus, who gave his life as a ransom for each of us. In Jesus' name, we bless you and praise you and thank you. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.